Hi, my name is Sally Baker and this is an episode of On the Sofa. Today I'm going to be exploring and going through all the rumours around Love Island that is scheduled to start Series 5 in just over a week's time. So where are we at and what's the challenge that ITV2 faces this particular season? It's a tricky one because what they're having to do is balance excitement, controversy, sensationalism, and putting the contestants under pressure, but at the same time being very clear about prioritizing the mental well-being and the mental health of the contestants. So how are they going to achieve that? What makes good television is putting the contestants under that kind of emotional pressure. That's what Casa Amor was all about last year. That's what the lie detector episode definitely did in series four, causing a major ruction between Jack and and Danny that broke all that kind of, you know, basic love fest stuff that just went on pretty interminably for weeks um, so how much of a program would it be if they take out the more controversial aspects? So for a while they were looking to drop the Casa Amor and that would have meant keeping all of the contestants together for the whole eight week run. But it's now rumored that that's coming back, but there's going to be a kind of twist around that. So clearly producers are keeping stuff held in, held in um, keeping stuff back so that we, they can surprise us as they roll it out. So Casa Amor might well be happening. Um, they're talking about the lie detector episode won't happen. I can't see how after the Jeremy Kyle tragedy that another ITV series would allow a, a lie detector test to go ahead especially as lie detector tests have been scientifically proven to be fairly inaccurate. And there's all kinds of rumors about how they were used to enhance um, the Jeremy Kyle kind of dramatic impetus behind uh, in that program. So we're not going to know that's going to be really buttoned down the outcomes of that, but it seems unlikely that they'll include the lie detector in Love Island series five. So, and they had the episode last year where emails, texts, Twitter feed stuff of trolls, social media trolls was, was read out to the contestants. And that caused lots of consternation, particularly among the, among the women. And it also, in lots of ways, um, it gives credence to trolls. And it's the trolls that make a lot of those contestants' lives abject misery when they come out. So I don't see how they can justify giving airtime to trolls. So it'd be really interesting to see how that one sits. A lot of the extra care and in the whole care package that ITV are planning to roll out to the contestants when they finish Series 5 is around how to handle social media. And that means handling all of those kind of really challenging Um, online stuff that these people are open to. So I would also, I think it's unlikely that the troll episode will go ahead. And that really does leave the conundrum. How do ITV keep everyone's interest going for two whole months and 
without the main bits of controversy, without these keystones throughout the, the weeks that we've all come to expect? And what can they put in place? What kind of new twists can they give us that are interesting, exciting, and with a bit of sensation, but without harming the contestants? Ofcom, who had plenty of complaints last year with Series 4, are going to be massively observing what, what rolls out in Series 5. They're going to be scrutinized, especially after the tragic deaths of, of two contestants. Um, you know, it's tricky, and we can't have it too bland, because if it's too bland, people are not going to carry on watching and staying as attentive as they did before. And now let's have a look at the contestants. There's loads of rumors around about contestants that have been either in advanced talks with ITV or who have now been signed up. And there are similarities between a lot of the contestants. Anything come to mind with you guys? Have you noticed any similarities? We've got one plus size model and the rest of the, of the whole cohort don't seem to be breaking any kind of physical molds. There isn't any kind of mad diversity of, of physicality that we might have been looking for or hoping for in Series 5. That doesn't seem to have come uh, or be rumoured so far, other than the one plus-size model who's extremely beautiful. And that'll be really interesting if she goes in. Um, the rest of the contestants who have been rumored or, or in advanced talks seem to be up a niche, up a layer of experience in the media. So for instance, we had Laura last year that had worked as cabin crew. And now this year we have um, another cabin crew person who's also a beauty contestant. And, and she's just a lot more savvy in, um, in handling the media. What seems to be the the thrust of this selection process is they don't want people who are going into the media's glare for the first time they want people who either had friends who were on a previous series or they want to have siblings of people who are already famous or they want to have people who are already in their own right much more famous than last year's cohort so what they're looking to do is reduce the level of vulnerability so that when that kind of media circus breaks, the people who are exposed to it don't crumble, crash and burn as we've had, um, as they had so many challenges last time. So that's, that's interesting, but it might make them all slightly more knowing, slightly more careful about how they project themselves in the media and during, they might be a bit more watchful about how they come across during those eight weeks, because we had some interesting laps of good taste and um, good sensibility in series four that really highlighted some of the contestants' true personalities. I'm thinking of the, the gaslighting stuff, there was some bullying, there was some really weird behavior um, that came across last year that people who are more savvy in the media might have greater awareness about how that stuff is going to be received about them. So they might just be so much more careful about what they let happen 
what they take part in. Um, so that could be to the detriment of the program, really. Um, let's see what else. So the kind of person, the type of person generally who puts themselves forward for a reality TV show are by definition vulnerable to negative judgments made by the public because they're not going on with any skill. We're not doing the voice here or we're not doing Britain's Got Talent where you're kind of going on stage and you're saying, right, I've got this skill. What you are what they are as contestants on Love Island, they are their own commodity. They are their own product. No more so than Megan, who completely changed and enhanced completely her physicality before she went on. So they are their own product. And when you are your own product, so you're not separating out an external skill or a learnt skill, you are putting yourself up for public appraisal and public judgment. So when they are judged negatively, it can feel as if their whole sense of self is under attack. So that's what makes them so vulnerable to the outside glare. And we'll have to just see how that pans out and we'll have to see how that is handled by ITV's care package. Um, and we live in interesting times. So we'll have to wait and see. I'm going to talk to you more about um, the appraisal, that the, the form, the, the way that ITV would have assessed mental well-being. They've kept it all under wraps, but there are, there are set tests that are used all the time to test people's ability to be resilient and to withstand uh, tough times. So we're going to have a look at that next time. But for now, thanks for tuning in, and I hope to hear from you again. Cheers now. Bye-bye.